0: to let you know a little bit about first women because some of you will already know quite a lot. But I'd like to just uh, open up with with why I chose to create 100 portraits of first women. So I was approaching my 50th birthday, and I've been a photographer all my life, and I kept hearing about first women in the news and on the radio, newspapers. And, and I said, well, how are we going to remember all these amazing firsts and pioneering women, especially as we didn't even have a statue of a woman in Parliament Square at that point. So I was a little bit annoyed, actually. I thought, well, I can make this creation a collection that could go down in the history to, to celebrate how far women have come since we won the right to vote. So I set off in 2008 with this... Um, I gave myself the most amazing assignment and I wanted to celebrate the 100 years, the centenary of women's right to vote. So that was my target, to create a series of portraits that could be exhibited around the UK, maybe around the world, but so far we've shown in seven different galleries and museums around the UK. And that was to celebrate in 2018, the 100 years of women's right to vote. And on my journey, I met the most incredible pioneering women that inspired me to keep going. And we have four or five here on the call. And tonight we're going to hear about Susie Quattro, who is, of course, the first woman in rock and roll. The legendary, iconic Susie Quattro is going to be on with us tonight. And we're so happy and honoured to have her here in her busy, busy schedule, especially as she's just released her latest single, Christmas single. So I'm just going to do a little screen share now, just to give you a little bit more background about First Women. And we'll go to... So. That's the title. I've told you a little bit about that. All right, wait a minute. What's happening here? Move your cursor onto the screen, Anita, and then click it. Yes. My cursor has disappeared. <laughs> so, um, is that? Hang on. I think you'll have to stop it. Won't you? Okay. I'll do it like this then. Sorry about all the other, the other stuff there. Um, let's try there. So this is a little bit here around my inspiration to create the First Women series. This is my great grandmama, who's called Annie Lidstone, and she was, um, I never met her, but I do feel that I was channeling her her, um, celebration, really, of of what she was campaigning for as a a suffragist in uh, 1908 and onwards at the early part of the campaign for women's right to vote. And here we have, our guest tonight, our star guest tonight. So, these portraits I took at Susie's house. And one of the most um, oh, wonderful things, really, that happened during my meeting of all the hundred women was how open and how accessible they all were. And I really had to pinch myself when I was standing in Susie's sitting room setting up the lights and just think this, you know, to have an invitation to come into Susie's home and to feel so welcome. And I remember she made me a brilliant uh, latte and we chatted and she was very much um, totally there, totally focused on what was going on and you know, wonderfully um, open and without lots of people around her as well. So it was just me and Susie and we had a brilliant session and these are the portraits that, that came out of that session. And um, the, one, the big one is the one that is in the exhibition that's traveling around the countryside. Uh, currently, in Exeter at the moment and I'm running till the 21st of February so if you get a chance it's free you don't have to book anymore and uh, if you let me know I'll meet you there. So I'm just going to go back to the live screen now and just also to let you today we've got the, the Zoom is running um, we're going to have I'm going to introduce Susie and then we're going to have a few questions from me to Susie to start off with and then obviously we'll go straight into the audience questions and Susie will be able to answer answer them directly to you and then at the very end saving the best to last we're going to have her Christmas single playing you out so please I'm going to now welcome onto the screen and into your living rooms the very legendary rock icon that is Susie Quattro. <laughs> Fantastic. I miss that. I miss, I miss that noise, sure. I tell you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's wonderful to have you here, Susie, uh, all the My way pleasure. from Essex. And of course Tier we three. are completely Tier international three. here. Tier three. <laughs> Oh <laughs> Oh, well, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no. oh. yeah, go, yeah, go for it it's, yes, it's, it's fantastic. so I'm going to kick off tonight um, by asking you to the biggest we, this is the biggest zoom event that we've ever had, so I'm just wanted to ask you, have you uh, you have been in the music industry for over fifty six years started age fourteen. In 1964, with your band Pleasure Seekers, um, 50 million albums down the road sold, and you will be rocking into your 90s, I am sure. So, what what qualities do you do you think you need to to be a trailblazer today in this in this com- cutthroat and competitive industry? Um, well, a lot of this only became
1: clear to me, really after seeing my documentary, (laughs) because that (laughs) crystallized. I mean, I've told everybody that I've talked to about this. I am not going to lie and pretend that I knew what I was doing. I was 14. I was playing bass in a rock and roll band, and that's what I wanted to do. I was actually just following my path. I didn't think it was strange. I don't do gender, really. I never have done gender. Um, I was just being who I am. And that's lasted me 56 years I've been doing this now. And once I got Susie Q finished, my my documentary, and I went to the first, this is when it really hit me, what you just asked me. I went to the premiere in London. So the first time I was gonna see it on the big screen with an audience, and this is how you really can judge something, you know? So I was nervous as hell, wondering how it was gonna be received, you know? Oh God, that's scary. So I (laughs) kind of snuck in and stood on the corner, that because I was booked to do a question and answer after the premiere, I was gonna appear on stage. And I wanted to feel the audience, so I did. And um, wow, I'm going off your question, but it doesn't matter. Um, I There were minimum seven cringe moments <laughs> that I wanted to get on my hands and knees and out of the uh, out of the cinema. And I remember when I was editing it, and I purposely left those in. And the reason being, if you're gonna do a documentary, you gotta do the real story, you know? Absolutely. And even if it's uncomfortable, I, t- I promised my director, I said, if it's real, even if I'm dying of embarrassment, it stays in. And I'm so glad I left all those moments in. But what I was gonna answer your question is, when I saw all the girls talking, All about me, you know, and telling me how much that, you know, they all followed me and how they, how much I influenced them and they had nobody to look up to. And I, I I didn't realize that that's what I'd done, you know, because really, and you know me, Anita, you know me well enough. I really am just natural. So whatever I do, I just do because I do it. I don't think, never did I ever think, hey, I'm a girl and I can do that. That was never in my brain. Nobody taught me how to stand, nobody taught me how to play, nobody taught me anything about attitude. I was just being myself, but by being myself, I was able to kick down the door for women. And I might add a door I didn't even see <laughs> that's that's the truth. I didn't even see the door bang! <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it's um, it's humbling. And then just to finish this little bit of the story, I did lots and lots of Zoom interviews in America and everywhere with different famous people all about the documentary. And I was doing one in L.A. with Kathy Valentine from The Go-Go's and Cherie Curry from Runaways. And they both started to cry. Wow. And I, you know, and this has happened to me before. And Cherie gave me an award in January in Los Angeles. And when she gave the award, she burst into tears. So when this happened on the interview, I called her the next day. She's a friend of mine. And I said, I just got something. The light bulb just came on. She said, what? I said, by doing what I did, I gave women permission to be different. She said, you just got that? I said, yeah. (laughs) Because if you were doing it purposely, you would have been manufacturing it. You see what I mean? It It had to fall to somebody like me who didn't have a blueprint to follow, was just doing what she does. And then all of a sudden, Game changer. So I will take that to my grave. That humbled me. And I'm happy that I was the one to do that. I'm, I'm happy about that. We are happy. All five foot two of me.
0: Yeah, we have <laughs> had, we had, yeah, we had we, a really good a really good I think you're shorter. Shorter? You're, I am, you're shorter. I am. I'm an, inch, I'm an inch shorter. But there's height you can't see, isn't there?
1: <laughs>
0: Compact. <laughs> yeah that's true and we had a really good comment that that follows on from what you've just said actually tonight um so let me just uh, read that out to you actually because that fits in nicely so it's tracy tracy i think she's on the call she said it was seeing susie on top of the pops in the 70s that made me realize that women actually could play the bass guitar and sing and i had that wow moment she was probably 11 or 12 and she says you were dynamic and ballsy I never went on," she says. "I never went on to play the electric gu- guitar, but after that, the possibilities for women were opened up to me. Just to say, thank you for being a brilliant role model.
1: Oh, that's, that's
0: Tracy. So you're, you know, yeah. I think your influence has
1: been. No, I just, I'll just say my one comment here. Women do have balls.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: but we keep them in our head where they can't get kicked. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> It's a little tip from Susie.
0: (laughs) Good one. Yeah, very good. So so how do you sustain that energy and aliveness over over five decades of performance?
1: You, well, you know, I've never, I'm not money motivated. I never was. um, Not since I began to do it because I love it. And if you love it, you find that energy every single night. My father told me when I was, I think, 15 or 16, i I've been in a band for a couple of years, and he saw I was serious, and my dad was a musician, and he came up to me. I don't know why he singled me out, but he did, and he said, Susie, said, um, what you're doing is a profession, profession, okay? He said, now, you got to remember, if you're playing in front of 10 people or 10,000, that every single one of those people has put their hand in their pocket and got money out to come and see you, and you are obligated. And if you can't go on that stage and give 150% every time, don't go out at all. And this I know, and it went straight to my, straight to my psyche, it stayed in my soul. So you will never come to a show of mine that I don't give everything I've got. And I never take for granted either. Not one time did I ever go on that stage thinking, oh, I got these guys. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Every show is a different animal, different people, you know, but I will say and I've done it. I was playing a gig New Year's Eve last year, and there were fourteen thousand, huge hall, and I had the lights on and the spotlights going and everything. And there was one guy near the front that wasn't going, and I found him. <laughs> <laughs> I put the spotlight on. <laughs>
0: oh, How
1: did I find you? I don't know. You know, it's dangerous to do that at my shows. If you're if you're doing that, I will find you. <laughs> I will. What really-
0: happened? Did he start boogieing afterwards?
1: Oh yeah, he started. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe he was just or maybe maybe old, what, whatever. I said, I said, if you're too old to rock and roll, you're too old to be here, you know. So, bye.
0: never, never too old to rock and roll. Ever. No, you got to get to a 100 you We're rocking it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so well,
1: everybody last... keeps asking me that. Everybody always wants to know when you're going to stop. You know why? Why should I? I just turned seventy. I don't, I don't feel 70, I don't look 70. I don't have the energy of a 70-year-old. I wish I could say I've matured, but I don't think I really have.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you've got so much more to give. So that, yeah. yeah, the last bit of that question really is, what keeps you going when the going gets tough? And how do you support yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally? Because I know you live on your own. So, you know, how do you do that for yourself? Um, I am luckily a
1: glass half full person by nature and we were talking about this earlier but saying that during all this i've been apart from my husband for like five months by the time he gets here we've seen each other four times this year but five months off it's too long um i don't know i i I always try to create when i'm down or feeling bad or on my own or something i will find a song i'll find a poem i'll work on my book I'll, i'll just create because I think creation keeps me alive it always has and I'm not doing any gigs so that's a huge part of me not being fulfilled you know but um
0: that must be hard I don't
1: get down very often I don't get down very often I got down last night and it was so strange it's almost like a prophecy because I do these daily social media things and I wrote yesterday oh boy oh boy I'm sure you're all feeling it don't you dare come knocking at my door depression I'm not letting you in and last night at midnight, got in. It was so funny that I wrote it. Yeah. You know, it's had a bad night. And I, but I'm I'm the kind that, and I say this to people, if it's coming, let it come. It needs to come out. You don't, don't keep it. And even with anger, I mean, if I'm mad, I say it and it's done. I scream at you. I've said what I have to say. And I get you a drink. <laughs> you know, it's just poisoning you. So I had a bad night last night, but I mean, I'm not coming around again. Good. I just, I just let it all wash over me sometimes you just you know when it is it is a depressing time right now so you just gotta let it let, let the tears flow that's a good title
0: that's what
1: let the tears flow i said that's a good title i'm let, looking
0: for let the tears flow okay we'll, uh-huh. we'll write that down yep let let the tears flow. Flow.
1: i won't forget let the tears flow that's a good one okay
0: yeah well let's just say we're going to move on now to some questions from the audience we have um Julie, Julie, who I think you might know from Australia fan club. Sure,
1: Sure. she was actually on tour with me. She did our merchandise and she used to, um, God, I've known her forever. (laughs) (laughs) Is Julie there? She's there. There she is. I'm here. How are you? Brilliant. Very good.
3: What are you doing there? (laughs) I know. What am I doing here?
0: (laughs) Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? I'm here. No, whereabouts in the world? Australia. She's in Australia. Oh, you're in Australia? What part? Uh, Central Coast, New South Wales. Byron Bay? Uh, no, further down near Sydney. Oh, brilliant. So you've got a question for Susie? Yes, Susie, I've got a question for you. In your massive career, have you ever had a wardrobe malfunction?
1: trying to think. Oh, I did. It's embarrassing. That's what we want. This is funny. I was, it wasn't on stage. Thank goodness. I was in the dressing room, dressed in my leather suit, ready to go on stage. I was going on my way out. My husband put his hand on my ass. Okay. You know, like husbands do. And there was a hole there (laughs) and it ripped. He said, Susie, I went, oh thank god you put your hand there so i had to get some tape my god can you imagine i would have done my ass shaking thing and it would have been a little bit more than what i wanted to show everybody but yes but that's that's the only time um god did i ever no because i don't wear fancy costumes really it's mainly just been the leather ripping or something you know which does I happen with the, with the sweat because when you're when you're sweating in that suit it rots the thread eventually so I mean, a lot of times we've had the, what we call the gaffer tape tour, you know, when you can't get your suit to be fixed and you just keep taping it. So that's happened many, many times, but um, I'm not one of those feminine, feminine girls with the laces and the bras and the, so I don't get those kind of accidents. (laughs) Why, do you remember one? Uh, Not
2: particularly, but some of those costumes are just, they haven't been just leather and maybe you. You might have had your spare one tucked away in the change room just in case.
1: Yeah, you do. You, you, I always have to have, if I'm on tour, I need to have two with me because it can rip and it often does, you know, and that's that's dreadful. And sometimes it doesn't rip on the seam, you know, so then you get this patchwork. Yeah, leather's hard. And it, and it is, for the record, very difficult to get into because it's skin tight and you cannot take it off by yourself at the end of the show. If there's a girl around, I have her come in, or if my husband's there, he does it, You have to peel it off. You know how hot I get and how wet I get. You actually have to peel it off and it sticks to you, you know? So here here I am, five foot two. I pick the heaviest instrument and the hottest outfit. What is the matter with me?
0: <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant question. We've got a question here from uh, another first woman, Michelle McDowell. Would you like to ask it, Michelle? Yes, please. Uh, hi, Susie. Um, Fantastic privilege to, to uh, see you. Thanks for joining this Zoom call. Um, yeah, clearly, I think it's fair to say that you're quite confident. <laughs> and um, I just wonder if you think it's necessary to be confident to break these barriers and um, what's your advice to women who are perhaps not so confident? How can they break
1: these barriers? Um, that's, that's actually quite a good question. Um, you know, there's a, there's a big difference in believing in yourself and being egotistical, okay? Big, big they're miles apart. But I'm just gonna say what I said when I got my honorary doctorate in music at Cambridge University. because I had my speech there and I I, B, B, me, I just, I pushed it out the way and I just spoke. I didn't know what I was gonna say. But what came out was that your job in this life, everybody's job, Everybody has a light, doesn't matter what gender you are, everybody has a little light, you know, what, you know what I mean. Your job is to go inside and find that little light, whatever it might be, and switch it on and let nobody ever switch it off. That is my mantra, everybody has one. Believe in yourself, that's what got me through, I believed in me, I wanted to do something and I did it. And, and the other thing that I say to everybody and I've been like this my whole life, and uh, maybe not everybody agrees with me, but do do never, ever, ever compromise you. Never. Never. You are all you have. That's it. I'm all I have. You're all you have. So use it, you know, and be proud of it. And if you need to kick a few doors
0: down, kick them down. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. I think being yourself is so important, uh, being true to yourself. I would agree with that. Thank yes. you. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Um, we have a question from Alexandra Lossky. Would you like to ask the question, Alexandra? Are you there? Hi, I'm here. Yes, hey. hi. hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Susie. Um, I've got a question for you about other sort of women in, in showbiz, really. Are there any female... Um, singers, songwriters, musicians recently that you've been impressed by? Um, I do tend to
1: keep up with everything. And, you know, a lot of times I hear songs and I go, whoa, you're like, that's really great. But I think that this impression thing that you're talking about mainly happens when you're a teenager and all the influences are coming in, you know, and then once you're in the business, they're more Colleagues of yours. Um, who do I like? I like Linda Perry, I like Adele, Carol King, I love her. I mean, these are older people, I'm just trying to think who else is out there. Have you I met think, Carol? Um, I, huh? She's great. Have you met I Carol? Think,
0: huh?
1: No. I would love to. Um I just, I, think, I just think she's terrific. Um tapestry, my God. Um, mm-hmm. I like mari Cyrus. I like Billie Eilish. Um uh, those those are the names that just popped into my head. But um, I mean, really, my role models were male. You know, I mean, Elvis at five and a half, five and a half. Then mm-hmm. Otis Redding. And then, um, who did I like? I loved Motown and Bob Dylan. Huge, 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 huge fan of Bob Dylan. He's another Gemini. So we were very fond of words. I'm a to Gemini look. too. Thank you so much for this. Thank when you. Is your birthday. 16th. I'm the third. Of okay. June. So- So you know what I mean, then. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You better go before I psychoanalyze you.
0: (laughs) Feel free. Thanks so much, Susie. Thank you. I meet yourself, Anita. There you go. Alexandra is the curator at the Brighton um, Museum and Art Gallery. So we've already been analyzing your portrait, Susie. And, and comparing it to uh, other portraits of women in the past too. So there's some great, she had some great points there.
1: But you know what? I gotta tell you, Anita, there's a, there's a good story. Um, it's so funny. It can illustrate it. I don't know if you've all, well, you all know the iconic shot, uh, what's been on everything. You know which one I mean in the, in the original jumpsuit. But when when I did my first photo session, can the was recorded, ready to come out. And then Mickey Mo said to me, okay, You've got to, uh, now we've got to have a serious photo session, so let's discuss image. You know, now it comes down to brass tacks. The song was in the can. I said, right. I said, easy peasy, I want to wear leather. And he said, no, it's old fashioned. It's been done. I said, not by me. (laughs) So he gave in. And then he said, what about a jumpsuit? I've worn jumpsuits in the Pleasure Seekers, in my first band. And they're great for me because everything stays in one place and I don't have to worry. It's great wardrobe because... Doesn't matter what you do, your suit is in the same place. So I said, great. Then we got to the photo session. Okay, so I've made that record. It's in the can. It's playing on the speakers. I've got my first jumpsuit on. The photographer's here. The boys are hanging around at my feet. I'm in, I'm in charge. And this was a pivotal moment. The, the, the camera, the, the photographer, Garrett Mankiewicz, he said, okay, give me that Susie look. And until that moment, I didn't know I had one. This is another thing for Michelle there. I didn't know I had one, but all of a sudden, all the pieces fit and I did that. And there was my look, but I didn't know I had it. When he said that, it made sense, you know, and I, I found myself, bang, there I was. All the years in the bands and this and that, and all of a sudden I was who I was supposed to be. And wait for your moment, because don't let it pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. Make sure, make sure you're paying attention. Was that seventy-three? That
0: was seventy-three, yes. Wow. So that was How weird
1: though. You know, somebody says to you, give me that, give me that Anita look, you kind of go, but I did it. And it's captured forever on the photograph. And and when I and I didn't know, this is the honest to God's truth. I didn't think I didn't know that the jumpsuit was sexy because I just thought it was practical. I did. Cause I can be kind of dumb, things like that. And naive is the word. And when we got the pictures back, I went, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, is that me? <laughs> Thank God. And then I saw it. But I, it's good because it wouldn't have come out like it came out had I gone in there knowing that. Yeah,
0: yeah because you were you being know? completely you, weren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah and That's I always say 100%. as well,
0: I've said, yeah.
1: I said this to loads of people. Um, I, I did not grow up with looks as my ammunition. I was never told I looked good. I didn't really care anyway. I was a bit of a tomboy. So that was never in my arsenal and I never put it forward. And, you know, I can look back at the pictures now and think, wow, this is pretty good, you know? But isn't it good when you think about it? Because I became a a poster for so many people. Can you imagine how that would have messed with my brain had I gone in there with the ego of thinking I look great. Thank God I didn't have that because it's, me, it's just like, oh, thanks, you know, but you don't really take it on board. Oh, it, it, it was a, a blessing in disguise. Anyway, I've digressed. <laughs> I think your microphone's muted. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm okay now. Am I? Yes. Yep. Um, can we have a question from Joanna? She'd like to ask you that question. Okay. Hiya. She is, here she is. Hi.
2: Um, I just want a young ask...
1: musician, a young musician. I like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I was just going to ask, like, how do you, um, well, do you have any advice for like girls like me who want to get in the industry when it's so competitive and how do you not become disheartened? Cause it, I find it's quite easy to get disheartened sometimes.
1: Um, I do have advice. It's, it's, it starts first of all with, uh, Having the talent, you know, have have the talent, and you, if you do, it's a no-brainer. The people that have talent in this profession, they know it. Then, if you're going to play an instrument, learn at least one instrument properly. And I don't do gender, but I will. If you're a girl, you got to be even better because they will judge you. Unfortunately, you know, uh, I know they will. But the thing is, is to is to Nobody ever treated me like a girl musician because I didn't give that out. I gave out confidence. I can play. You have a problem. And that's what I got back respect. So you got to have respect. Um, Always, always, and this is strange for me to say, but I will say it. Even if you're a tomboy, it should look like you're a bit tomboy to me. Make sure you keep your your femininity. Don't lose that. You don't need to lose it. You know, if you do gender, still keep your femininity. I keep my feminine card in my back pocket. And when I'm with all the guys, which I am all the time, and one of them gets out of line, like at a football game, I pull out the penalty card and then I will use my feminine. But it is a tough business. And if you're you're serious about it, then you got to be prepared to give it everything. I gave it everything. Absol- I did yeah. every gig, every gig, you know. It's not easy. It is competitive. And if you're not prepared for the knockbacks, then you don't belong in it because it can be real hard. It can yeah. be real hard. Your um, confidence can take a knock at any any time, you know, anytime.
2: Yeah. I mean I go to a university and I study music and I'm the only girl guitarist in my class. So it's sort of like, how do you stop that voice in your head that's like, you always got to be better than the boys because you don't want to seem rubbish? Because you, like, it feels like you have to- Does it bother
1: you? Does it bother you that you're the only girl?
2: No, it, it makes me proud. Like, it makes me happy that I am the only girl. But sometimes it's like, you have that voice in your head when you constantly feel like you're pressuring yourself because you have to be as good. And sometimes that can be quite draining
1: that makes sense okay yes i agree um the fact that you're there should be enough are you good
2: yeah i think so i yeah okay done
1: stop there stop there you just said you're good that's all you need to worry about that's all you need to worry about you know forget about all the all the don't judge yourself you know it's all bullshit if you're doing what you want to do and you're learning to play and you're happy doing it it doesn't matter if there's You know, monkeys and sheep's in the room with you. Just be the best you can be.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Best you can be, and I think you—you look like you have ambition. So, go for it.
2: I mean, it's it's great that you're you're the
1: only. Great, great that you're the only girl. I love that all the time. I was the only girl. I loved it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so—it's sort of all I think about. So, I feel like I'm quite determined. So,
0: yeah. Keep it there. That's brilliant wonderful stuff. So we've got another question here. We, well, we've got, first of all, we've got, we've got John Ling in the audience who is saying that, that he, he, she was your, you were her, his heartthrob. And the question from Lou, Robin is who has had you starstruck Susie?
1: Oh God, I've been asked this so many times. I am not a starstruck person. I'm trying to think. I mean, I just, I try, everybody I meet, it's like I'm in the same business. So it's not like, ah, I don't know. And I turned down the chance to meet Elvis. Maybe I would have been a little bit, but no, I don't think I've ever asked for an autograph in my life of anybody. I, I love a lot of people. I'm fans of a lot of people, but not starstruck. That, that, that's not in my, in my nature.
0: Great. Okay. So we'll move on then to, we have an, a question from Erica. Um, This is this is a bit more sort of serious if you like many overseas singers Do not get mainstream airtime in the UK unless they sing in English If you've sung in other languages when performing overseas, which languages and how is the experience? Do you think that language should be a barrier to airtime? That's from Erica Walsh.
1: Well, that's that is a difficult one. Um, everybody wants to hear songs in their own language from whatever country they're from. That's natural because uh, you want to understand the lyrics. Uh, don't You know, we had a, you had a Eurovision song with a Giannola Cinquenti and she sang it in Italian. I always remember that. Um, Elvis had a German hit, didn't he? It shouldn't be a barrier, but unfortunately, it is because of the lyrics, you know? When you go to France, everything's in French, so shouldn't be, but it is. All
0: right, great, next one then, next question. Oh, by the way, um, Deborah Thomas is is one of my visible girls who I photographed in 1981, and she said she supported you um, in Byron Bay in 87. Wow. She's on the call and she says, thanks, Susie, you inspired us punk girl musicians. Uh, so we've got a visible girl meets the first woman.
1: Yeah, that not that great?
0: That's Shows you great. how important to be connected, especially at this time, yeah. and the wonders of technology and Zoom, we can do it. So we yeah. have a, another question that I think is going to be asked by, oh yes, yeah, this is a question from Helsinki in Finland by Rita. Um, have you been considering to perform on Stage It? an online venue for live interactive performances, providing fans with a front row seat of a backstage experience.
1: Oh, gosh, I know some people have done that. Um, I haven't gone into that yet. I've just embraced this lockdown. Um, I like concerts. Yeah. I've been doing it for 56 years. I don't know if I could get used to virtual stuff, but saying that, I have done my bit. You know, I've I've been online nonstop. I did uh, 50 baseline masterclasses and they took some work. I didn't get paid for this. I did it so, you know, just to be part of it. I did Sunday specials, Um, I, I do my social media, I do Instagram every day, so I'm on there. If it comes to that, it might come to that, maybe virus just hangs around and hangs around, then I will have to embrace it. But while there's hope that next year we can get back on the road again, I'm going to be, I'm going to fingers crossed that. But if it comes, it comes, you know, I've done a lot of these things now um, for the documentary. I've done a million Zooms and now this Christmas single is out. I've done a million Zooms, even breakfast TV here. And so I'm getting quite used to this, you know, I did breakfast TV, Sky News. I've got another news program tomorrow, all in my office, all on Zoom. So anything is possible,
0: yeah. you know,
1: now, don't tell me that the fans don't prefer the live gigs because I know
0: they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rita's also got um, a, a question. What does silk sash bash mean from 48 clash? Crash, sorry. And is it rude?
1: <laughs> well, this, you know, this, this is your language barrier here. <laughs> um, 48 crash is about the male menopause. And it was just a nice flow of words. And Mike Chapman is a little bit nuts, you know, I love him to pieces. So, but, but, but that is what the song's about, Six sat Bash, you know, doing all this. It is a party, silk yep. sash, waving it round.
0: <laughs> so interpret as you will. Um, great, the last question that- interpret, We can interpret that as we will. The, the flashing of the flash. Um, Yes. The last question from Rita in Helsinki is, would you like to record an album full of Elvis's covers? Mm.
1: I don't know. I've done, it was traditional for the first five or six albums that I covered an Elvis song on every track. Um, I kind of put that need to bed when I wrote my tribute to him singing with angels. So you can Google that everybody at James Burton on guitar and the Jordanaires. And I wrote it for Elvis It was after he died. Obviously it's a tribute and it's now covered by, um, Elvis impersonators and it's played at funerals, but no, 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 I'd love to leave him just where he is. I've done enough of his stuff, you know, and, and, you know, that, that's, he, he, he called me on the phone and told me my version of Washington was his, was his favorite since his own. So that's pretty cool.
0: That's yeah. very cool. Okay, so we have a question from another first woman, woman Nan McCready, who's the first woman to be president of the Rotary's uh, charity Rotary. So she'd like to ask it herself. Nan, are you there? Hi, I'm Susie. Hi. Do you think it's important that, that women do not recognize that there are barriers and they just go ahead and be themselves and do what they have to do?
1: Well, now that, that's a real double-edged sword question. Um, you do have to be who you are. I can only go back to that. Whatever it might be, you have to be who you are. Uh, no, you shouldn't see barriers. Neither should men. If you want to do something, do it, you know? But, you know, but but, but you have to be smart with it too. You have to be, use your brain a bit. Don't just stumble and fall over at the first hurdle you know? Oh yes. So it, yes. It, 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 <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm telling you that, but I think I had to tell you that. So
2: <laughs> no, you, thank you.
0: I, it's something I think is important. Is, thank you. What's thank that? You, Ned.
1: I didn't get the ending of that. Sorry. Oh. I didn't get the end. Just said. Sorry.
0: I just said, it's I think it's important we lost, that we shouldn't be put, put off by Bar- by thinking there is a barrier, we should go for what we want to do, and not say, oh, I can't do yeah. that because I'm a woman. I have never
1: said that in my life. I've never thought that in my life. Do you know, I will go up which this is foolhardy. I will go up to a six foot tall inch guy, if he makes me mad and be in his face, even if it's on a ladder. So I don't see barriers. If I've never ever thought to myself, <laughs> ever i can't do that because i'm female it doesn't compute with me me too maybe i can't stand okay i can't stand up at the urinal all right i can't do that
0: (laughs) yeah but that's about (laughs) the only limitation really isn't it (laughs) thank you susie we have we have a question from uh no a question from robert who is in boston um he would like to ask you susie what who or what act or person is your favorite 70s um, glam rock or rock act? Oh,
1: God, there's a lot of them. Huh. God, do I have a favorite even? See, again, these are all colleagues of mine, you know. Um, I guess out of loyalty, I would, I would have to say um, Sweet and Slade because I did an album with Andy Scott the guitar player, and Don Powell from Slade, the drummer, Quattro, Scott and Powell, and we made an album together. So if I am that, I'll probably get an arrow in my neck in a minute. So I, I would say Sweet and Slade, dip, diplomatically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very wise, very wise. So I think we're, we're pretty much nearly going to be able to uh, get you to talk about your your single, your your, your Christmas single. We're nearly at that point. <laughs> obviously we'd love to, to play, okay. play that. Um, we've got a little more time, Anita. Are we okay? Right. All right, yeah, we'll definitely give right. time. A few more questions.
2: Danny Cotton's got questions. one.
0: Oh, Danny Cotton's got a question. Right. Danny, are you there? Another first woman. First woman to be Commissioner of the London Fire Brigade. Yeah. Hi, uh, hi Susie. Um, I suppose... The- How are you? I'm good. Uh, uh, Just a question I'd like to ask for you. How was the experience of the photo shoot and the opening night where I did feel very privileged to have my portrait hung next to yours and then discovered that we're both Gemini's and um, have an amazing photograph, which I did send recently uh, onto Anita of you and I laughing outrageously. And just how did you find the whole photo shoot experience with Anita?
1: Yeah, the shoot experience was very comfortable. Um, We got along easily. I love the pictures she took. I've used them for many things. And you and I, we connected immediately, didn't we? I think we were telling dirty jokes that night, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you were. I was listening. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that was a great night. That was a really fun night. I was privileged to be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and you were next to me. And then we started talking, didn't we? We got into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, we
0: we connected. Yeah, I genuinely felt that. It was an amazing night. And thank you because, yeah, you definitely uh, just having that chat with you was brilliant. And it was just like an instant connection of two human beings. It was very good. So thank you for that. And
2: uh, thank you for everything. You've been brilliant. (laughs) That,
1: That is what this life is. You know, I am, I am, and Geminis are, by the way. We are communicators. That's what we do. We are ruled by the planet Mercury, and that is the planet of communication. So we have no choice. You know how you kill a Gemini? There's another Gemini there too somewhere. Um, you <laughs> kill a Gemini by not hearing them. Yes. don't have to agree, but yeah, uh, I know, yes. If you don't hear them, you kill them dead in the water. Geminis need to be heard and argued with. I love a good debate, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, love it. <laughs> I love it. Somebody once said to me, we were talking about something quite seriously. We were at a party and this this lady got it completely wrong. She said, we don't all have to agree with her, do we? And I went, what? Agree with me? I don't want you to agree. Let's get to it. You know, let's, let's argue the toss. You know, there's nothing better. You know, and I love different opinions. I love it when somebody you left angle here and a right angle there and it makes you, you know, we can always learn maybe pretty sure about something and somebody gives me a different take on it so I'll listen to them and they're wrong but I'll listen <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh look we have another Gemini here Gary Gary would you like to ask your question <laughs> uh, all the Gemini's are coming in
2: <laughs> uh, I think that's um I think Gary is uh John Ling and unfortunately his uh
0: oh no okay I can no.
2: <laughs> oh he, he can unmute honey okay great
3: yeah hi Susie uh, I love your new Christmas song. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, will you be doing a bigger UK tour hopefully next year when hopefully everything gets back to normal?
1: Well, I've got a lot of if they start with are mostly in Europe and Australia, but put this in your diary. I have to say it this way. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be, I just have to say it this way Queen of Rock and Roll. Saying the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> I laugh every time I say it. April the 20th, 2022. Tickets are go already on sale and they're going great. So that is a big gig coming up 2022 in London. And you got to be there. You know, it's going to be my two hour solo show with an interval that I love doing because you right. can go everything. I play the piano, I play the you hear all the hits and everything up to date and blah 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 so um i, I we we will be doing more in the uk it's being looked at now
3: right because it'd be great if you could uh, do up north you know uh, up north part of uh, the uk like sheffield and uh, manchester and stuff
1: like that Well, i was i did go on the um two times i did the legends tour and i was headlining that we yeah we got up front and all that i'm sorry did you, not, did you not get to one of those
3: yes i uh, i went to the nottingham one and uh, that was absolutely fantastic yeah. it's a shame you couldn't have done a little bit longer uh you know i know in concert. yeah
1: I can't stand, I, oh that, that's what i don't like I, I love playing with everybody else and we have fun and everything but there's a time limit, and I I don't like time limit. That's why I like doing my slow, slow shows. Yeah. I prefer. I can take you on the journey, you
0: know.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I've been. of... So go to the Albert
0: Hall, Gary. Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, Gary, that's fabulous. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, thank you. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be playing Susie's single, and um, just one last question here. We would like to Karen. Could Karen ask your question about? about spirits. Is Karen there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, would you like to ask Susie your question, please? This will be, I think, our last question, and then we'll, we'll move on to the, um, the pièce de la résistance.
2: Okay. Hi, Susie. I'd, um, I'd Hi. like to know how many spirits live in your house with you, and do you talk to them? Because it's um, a really old house.
1: Yeah, it is. It was finished in 15. 15- 1990. It's a long story. I I can't go through it all. There's a lot of energies here. Um, Nothing. Nothing scares me. I'm supposed to be here. I was drawn here. I've been here since 1980. Uh, I'm the caretaker of this house. You know. Um, Yeah, sure. When you get when a when a house is this old, it's going to have energies in it. You know. Uh, There was uh, there was one I have jokingly called Richard. I just named him Richard. Um, and I could feel this Richard guy. I didn't know that was his name. I called him Richard um, very strongly from the time I moved in. And long story short, I eventually, but one time one of my guests said she saw a face in front of her. and then I got angry. So I went to the church and I said to the guy, listen, there's some, don't think I'm crazy. He said, I don't think you're crazy. He said, I live in a church. So I said, okay. So I said, well, you know, there's a lot of veggies in my house, but this this one I had jokingly call him Richard, and he be I think he made an appearance, and that's the step too far, and I don't like it. And I have a feeling that he wants to be remembered, and I don't know why. And the priest went. I said, What? He said, Come with me. Now now that you said that. And he took me into the church and down the aisle where the slabs are with the prominent people, and the last slab before you get to the altar. It said here lies Richard Sorel of, and I don't want to say it on there the house's name, okay? Who was the last of his line? Mm-hmm. So my feeling was correct, and he is remembered. And even his um, uh, people part of his family because he didn't have any kids, but part of his, his, his extended family they they went to Virginia. And they they're in touch, they they got me on the internet, and they even sent me the original will. So he's remembered. He's remembered. So yes, uh, it doesn't scare me. Like I said, it's nothing. It's such. Anita will tell you it's such a warm house. You know, you you come in here and it's just beautiful. And I accept they got more of a right to be here than I do. They can hang around. Fine with me.
0: Uh, I remember when I came. To- Thanks, Susie. When I, when I came You're to welcome. photograph you uh, five years ago now, I remember you saying to me that I'd walk came in with the with the history of photography. You said you, you saw all yeah. these photographers coming in behind me. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, um, yeah I'm really,
1: really quite psychic. There, I mean, I'm not weird, but I just I have really open channels because I'm a writer, you know. So everything, nothing is closed off with me. Everything flies through. So anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, that that brings us nicely onto your new single, your Christmas single, which we're going to play out on. So could you tell us a little bit about the background to that that song and the tune?
1: Sure. Um, I'm, I'm so proud of it. Uh, long story short, again, um, last year was just high as could be. You know, I had the No Control album that I did with my son. Critics went crazy on it. My documentary came out. Uh, Susie Q, and it st- stood at the top of the Amazon charts for a long, long time. I was doing my did eighty five shows around the world, solo, sold out shows at iconic venues, including the Albert El- El- Hall, um, Sydney Opera House. Um, anyway, this year was supposed to be even bigger, and we had—I think my husband had ninety five shows in the book, and the company the, record, the option. To make the next album with me and my with me, but I did it with my son. So we didn't have any time. He was on the road. I was supposed to be on the road, and the lockdown came. So bang, we're grounded. And uh, I said to my son, being like I am, glass half full. I said, "Okay, let's write the album. We have the time. We wouldn't have had this time. We have it. You go in the studio. I'll work on the patio." we'll put our masks on and we'll put it down. So we're working, working. I was separated from my husband. It must've been April, so two months already. It was three months altogether. And I was working, I'm old school with my guitar and you know, little iPad and putting ideas down. And my son left the door open to the studio and annoyed me for a second because I thought I'm not working on that, I'm working on this. And then I heard this track, which you're gonna play. Just the track. And if you're a writer, when this hits you, it hits you. If, if you're creative in any way, and this track, I just went like that. I just—it's even doing it now. Hairs on the back of my neck, and I knew instinctively to not think. I didn't let my brain. I turned it off. Don't think, feel. So whatever that track was doing to me, I put my mask on. I just walked out to the studio and I said, Richard, give me the headphones, put on the microphone and play that track. And he did. And I sang in this voice, I used before, the first four lines of the song exactly as they are in the room. It, it's, it's so weird how that happened. I mean, I have a lot of magical moments when I write, but that that, believe me, does not happen every day. It was quite something, you know, and it just came flying out because I was missing my husband. And obviously that track talked to that heart part of me. And that's what everybody's relating to. You know, they're, they're all saying and the video is just beautiful. Um, it's such a not schmaltzy, really heartfelt, emotional Christmas song. And we need it right now. You know, it, it did come straight from the heart.
0: Yeah, that, it's a really poignant, poignant song. And I, lo- I love your voice on it. And it's really brilliant the way you've got your old movies in into it as well. Because.
1: Are you playing video? Are you playing the video, playing the so video you- Anita? I. I well, no, that was a word and everybody just saw that. That was an energy just popped in. I don't Woo. know who that was. I, that, yep. I actually turned around to see somebody was here that was strange oh um are you you're you playing the video yes we are gonna play I'm it i'm gonna
0: play it right now cz
1: okay but wait wait before you play it because i just want to tell you because while you're all watching it you guys yeah. um this is this is important um again magic magic richard had the idea to do the video when you're all watching it because this piano here has been here since i moved in so all as the kids are growing up, you always saw footage of the white piano. It was always, it's constant. So he said to me, why don't we do a live recording of you at the piano, playing the song, and then we interspersed it with old film clips. So I have the job of getting the clips down and painstakingly for five hours going number to number to number what I would give to the video guy to use. You know, you have to be sure. I don't want him using a shot I don't like. So I did this. And by five hours I did it, I had a headache. Right at the end, I put on the last tape and I'm thinking, thank God I'm nearly done. And it was something, I don't know, it just was nothing to do with Christmas. It was summertime and this and that. And I thought, okay, I can switch the tape off. S- something stopped me from switching the tape off. I don't know what it was, but I didn't switch it off. And up came footage of my husband at his first Christmas here in, 19, in uh, 1993. I didn't even know I had the footage and it became the end of the film. I cried my eyes out when I saw it. See I didn't switch off. So I don't know why. Crazy. Anyway, now you can enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll watch it.
1: Enjoy everybody. I can enjoy it too. Let's watch it together.
3: I gotta do.
0: I think you're on mute. I am. Thank Are you, you right? so much, Susie. That was. Isn't awesome. <laughs> doesn't that poignant? The backstory of that, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on our Christmas special, First Women Live. This is thank number you, everybody. three, and we will be back in January with some more surprise guests. So everybody, ha- have a very wonderful festive time and see you next year and thank you so much Merry Christmas, you. everybody thank you i <laughs> see you thank you bye, bye. bye. Happy, bye. Christmas. happy christmas happy christmas <laughs> <laughs> bye everyone yeah. happy christmas everybody's on Thanks. lovely i everyone merry christmas bye merry christmas bye merry christmas Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> bye
2: bye. Thank bye. you. You're not wrong. You. Merry Christmas. Thank Merry you, Christ- Susie. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. It's very lovely. Bye bye. Merry Christmas. See you next year, Julie. Like, oh, good one next year. <laughs> if hey, I can welcome. get out. Oh I can't go. Can't
3: go. I'm
0: stuck in America. Whoa. Hey, Julie. Hey, Gary. <laughs> My Hi, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Hi, Visible Anita. Girl. Hi, Visible Girl. Yes. Visible. You. Visibly old. <laughs> no, no, never too Same old. You.
2: old you. Same as you, honey. <laughs> We all wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to get back to Australia so I could visit that Julie there.
0: <laughs> oh my God. She's right there on my screen.